you know, one day you will be so securely attached. You're going to be like a little koala. And I just like, and she's like, I will remind you how much I love you, how much I want to be in this friendship with you as long as you need me to. And then she also says to me, like, and I don't think I'm going to always have to remind you, like, we're Mm going to, you're going to get there one day. And it's like, wow. Right. I mean, I mean, Dearest friend, my name is Jude Stratus and you are listening to Get In Bestie, a podcast in which I indulge my obsession with the nebulous and confusing concept that is friendship. I am so glad you're here and I hope that you're being a good friend to you today. Ah, hello and welcome! This conversation with my friend, Mary Cullen, mm, I feel so fortunate to have multiple friendships with therapists in my life because every time I walk away from conversations with them, I just feel so affirmed. It's like somebody just putting their hand on the back of your head and saying, of course, of course. Also, Mary Cullen is hilarious and has one of my favorite laughs in the world. In our conversation, we talk about the power and magic of choice in friendship, of ease. We talk about bisexual panic, which I am sure you're familiar with. We also talk about the ripple effects of generosity and compassion, how when we choose to meet each other in that way, We're teaching each other how to meet other people in that way. So in the words of Penny Lane, it's all happening. It's all happening in every moment that you choose warmth and open-heartedness in the way that you meet the people you love. So without further ado, please grab a tissue box. I am sure you will be laughing and crying in equal measure. And please enjoy my friend. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself, name, pronouns, and any identities which feel meaningful to you in this moment. Lovely. So my name is Mary Cullen Servo Didio. Um, Quite a mouthful, but I go by Mary Cullen. Uh, My pronouns are she, her, and I identify as a bisexual queen. Yeah. And then I sent you this question to reflect on beforehand, but I would love to hear you um, describe what our friendship is like, what kind of friendship do we hold? How does that exist in your life? Yes. That question was so bittersweet for me because (laughs) our friendship, we only got to have in-person friendship at like two fireside chats. Yeah. And it was like 20 minutes into the first fireside chat where like the other people that were there I wasn't even concerned with them. I was fully, (laughs) deeply connected in like very real deep conversation with you. And it just like, I feel like we hit it off like gangbusters. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, can't wait to spend time with this person. Like, I remember telling my husband, like, yes, like, yes, we're going to be friends. (laughs) And so like, I knew from the jump, like we were definitely going to be friends. And then of course also knew pretty early on that like, you were leaving Nashville, um, which mm-hmm. is so exciting for you, of course. Um, but adulthood friends are different. And so I was like, totally. shit. Like, I really was just a little bit bummed about that. Um, however, now it has morphed into one of those lovely, like, cyber friendships of yes. just like, <laughs> basically solely existing in the insta dms which (laughs) somehow some of those friendships of mine are like the deepest not the deepest but like they're just sort of authentic like I don't really know why or how like maybe there is this like healthy dose of like I don't have to look you in the eye to say this thing to you but Mm. like share it with you and so Mm. I just feel like we are deeply connected in the dm friendship and yeah. I love it. <laughs> no, I totally agree. There's also like 
you are a person who existed in my periphery for so long because I worked with your husband and also Mm -hmm. you're really good friends with uh, one of my closest friends. Mm -hmm. And there was always like stories about you and Stacey for the longest time, like, I need you and Mary Colin to me. I need you. But it like started at the beginning of the pandemic that she started taking it seriously. And then I was like, well, when are we going to hang out? And it's like, we're in a pandemic. (laughs) Yes. And she would be like, I'm hanging out with them on a blanket and we're going to go like watch the sunset. Like one day you'll need to come. And I was like, this is just the elusive person that I'm never going to actually meet, but I'm going to hear a lot about. I know. I know. It was the same for me. I feel like I finally had to be like, listen, stop being like one day and organize the thing <laughs> and today is the freaking day oh. yes no yeah. so yeah that's sort of how I would define our friendship I think do you agree yeah. disagree anything flavor you want to add no I definitely agree um I also I find it really interesting um you and I have very different energy levels and um <laughs> there was the time I think it was like the second time we hung out and I Stacy was there and I had like brought um a gift to her and Stacy had like attuned to my energy and was like really like low and sweet and so and you were like who the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) is this how you are around people (laughs) so I just think it's really interesting that we connected so much because we do have like very different energy levels in that way Yeah, definitely. But I also felt like our energies were different, but our souls were similar. Like that's kind of how I felt of like, you have such a depth and I don't always show that depth to myself. Like outwardly, I get like a little nervous about it. But like when I hear, like when I see your bubbles on Insta stories, I'm like, oh, we're getting into some shit today. And I cannot (laughs) wait to hear like what this person has to say. Like, how thoughtful you are and how like inquisitive and deep and questioning like that's what I love to do like I could do Mm -hmm. that shit all day that's why I'm a freaking therapist right and so to find people that just like want to do that I'm like yes like that is just incredible oh my gosh I love getting that feedback for how much time I spend on the internet (laughs) like reposting content that's meaningful to people Um, I would agree though, from like my side, I, it's hard for me to like be like loud and expressive in that way. And I love when I'm around people that can bring that out in me because sometimes I get so in my head about like, I have to be so like intentional and quiet and like observant. And I really, really love people that can bring out like sort of that more playful energy. Cause it's really hard for me to tap into on my own. So I think we we do some leveling each other out in that I way. I think definitely. so. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I laughed more at your and Dave's house both times I was there than I had in like months. I remember just oh. feeling like my cheeks hurt from laughing so much. I love that so much. We're definitely like what you see is what you get kind of crew. So you never know what's going to happen in our house. Um, but we try to keep it real and try to keep it a little bit fun. Yeah. The joy is real. <laughs> Perfect. So my first question is, how would you describe the function of friendship in your life? And how would you describe the experience of it? Wow. Um, The function, like the first word that comes to mind is, okay. So the first word that came to mind was essential. But then right before I said that was actually life-saving. Mm. um that friends have been my tether to my earthly body so I guess we're gonna get there I have struggled with mental illness essentially my entire life and then add on a shit ton of trauma and now PTSD diagnosis and there has been a combination of things that really just left me in a suicidal space for a lot of my life, for the better part of a decade, Um, you know, in different variations, right? And I would say it is the friends that I was able to bring into that fold with me that were able to keep me tethered 
to this earth. Mm-hmm. One in particular, my soul sister, my queen, my very best friend, Tuna. And I'm just so grateful for her and value that relationship as much as I do any family, including my husband. Like to mm-hmm. me, friendship is just absolutely essential. Yeah. How do you feel that experience differs or is the same to your experience of other relationships so like your husband or family relationships like what is the difference I think for the longest time I really thought I was sort of in that place of like family over everything was a little bit of like the vibe that we had growing up a little bit it was just like you always show up for family um but in that it didn't leave space for me to sort of understand that you get to choose to be in relationship with people. Mm. But for some reason with my friendships, that was always apparent, right? Like with family, I'd be like, well, they have to care about me. They have to love me. Like that's what family does. I've obviously come to understand family to be far more nuanced and for that to not be a true narrative. But for a lot of my developing years, that was where I was coming from. And so with my friendships, it was like, wow, like, they choose to be in relationship with me. They actively desire connection with me, mm-hmm. um, which just blew my mind. Like I truly could not comprehend that from having such low self-worth and self-esteem. I, it was really just always shocking to me that somebody yeah. wanted to be in chosen relationship with me. And yeah. for some reason, even with my husband, like I think just the, the Christian undertones that we brought into our marriage of like divorce isn't a thing. And, you know, I've shifted away from my Christian faith over the years, but I think there was almost this thing of like, it has to, it has to be a thing. There is no choice. It became like compulsory almost. I don't really know how to explain that. It was just like, we love each other. So we've decided we're going to stay married and there's no other option, but friends get to choose. And it was almost like, that was the only relationship that I could like experience in a way with the ebbs and flows of like, they get to choose to be in a relationship with me. They can set up boundaries. Like that's where I feel like I really learned how to be myself was in relationship with friends. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing that like there, the magic of that choice is that like it happens continually and over and over and over again. Whereas like, with maybe with your husband or other relationships where there's sort of like an inherent obligation. It's like, we made this choice once and now we're sticking to it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which feels very different. Right. Right. For sure. Which now I've sort of rewired how all of how I do all relationship, but that is sort of the genesis of why friendships like meant so much to me because it was the only place that I could originally conceptualize like, this active choice. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I relate a lot to that feeling of like, wow, this person is just like choosing actively to want to be around me and be in my life. And even still, like it's, it's an affirmation process. I have to remind myself, like, I am not a burden for existing. Like Mm -hmm. the people around me want to be around their full consenting adults that want to be around me and want to be engaged with me, which means all parts of me. Mm -hmm. So hard though. Yeah, that, that brings up in me too, like this, they get to choose and consent to being around me, which we've kind of talked about in our DMs a little bit of like what comes up when they choose not to be around me. Mm -hmm. And the, as relationships ebb and flow, as they do and change over, you know, many years, I have really long relationships. I'm lucky to have that with friends, but they change. And in that change, not assigning the meaning of that to like, I am failing as a friend. Yeah. I am a piece of shit that people don't want to spend time with anymore. I really have this like core wound and I don't know, I'm still working through it, but one of them is like, that every single person in my life is going to hit their limit with me at some point. Yeah. And it's like, everybody's limit may be different. Some people might be 30 years, but some might be 
18 months. And it's just yeah. sort of like this looming thing in the back of as the relationships ebb and flow, I'm like, oh, okay, my time's coming to an end with this person. Like they have oh hit God. the limit. They have hit the Mary Cullen limit. Wow. I relate to that so much. I feel like I have a very similar story that sort of exists. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you hit your limit with people? Do you feel like people have a limit for you? I certainly have never thought of people in that way. Yeah. Um, for sure. Um I think the older I get, the more sort of judicious I am and like who I let in. Yeah. Um, so I used to just be like, if you want to be, if you want to have access to me, you can have it. Oh my God. Whoever you are. Same. Right. Yeah. Like you want to be friends with me. Great. That's enough. Like I will be friends with you forever. Yeah. Right. So anybody that had been in that bucket still gets to be in that bucket for me. <laughs> pretty much I mean if they choose to leave that's fine but like now as I'm doing relationship I really do start to get really sort of honest about like how do I feel after I leave hanging out with this person like yes am I drained am I at peace do I feel invigorated do I feel whatever it is right and then I sort of let that dictate how I develop in relationship with them um so i don't do a lot of like auditing friendships after the fact, but I am doing a lot more of like being like intentional as I'm developing my friendships, if that makes sense. So yeah. in terms of like hitting my limit with folks, I don't know that I've ever been like, all right, I'm going to, I want to stop being friends with this person. And then like pulled back or yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're making those micro choices, like, as you go. Right, right. hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's like new, like in the last like three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. How do you like to feel after you spend time with someone? What are some of your favorite, like internal feelings after you've been with someone and you're like, wow, that feels great. Yeah. So Shout out again to my soulmate, Bestie Toon. She does a thing called human design. Are you familiar with human design? You're the second person to bring it up. I feel like I really need to get uh, in on this. <laughs> okay. So I'm a generator. The vast majority of people are generators, but um, there's sort of this sacral response that generators often have of like, ah, just like full satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're not tired from, for me, my, in my experience of it, it doesn't mean that I'm not tired. It doesn't mean that like, you know, mm, it's a very complicated like system to explain. What I'm say, trying to say is my generator sacral satisfaction is lit up after I spend time with people that feel good. So I still might need to go lay down and recharge, but it's not like, oh, I'm recharging and like have like a heaviness about me. It's like, yeah. oh, I like feel like I'm in a warm hug and I still need to rest, right? Like there's yeah. just this like deep soulful satisfaction and it looks a little bit different for all my friendships. So with some people we're going to laugh so freaking hard and that is just going to be amazing for some yeah. people. We're going to go to the depths of the soul and we're going to talk about like all like the existential parts of life and yeah. that is going to be amazing, but it's just this like overwhelming sort of physical satisfaction is the way mm -hmm. I like to feel after seeing people. Yeah. I relate to that. I, I appreciate you naming the difference too. And like, it doesn't mean that I'm not tired. Cause like I am two steps to the left in the center of introvert extrovert where I'm like, mm -hmm. I am, I love people, but like, I'm a little, I'm a little more introverted than extroverted. And I often feel really tired after like, even I had this, um, potluck a couple weeks ago and it was like, there were like 12, people in my house, like friends that I've intentionally chosen since I moved across the country. And they're like wonderful and beautiful. I had a compliment circle and I was like, tell me all your favorite things about me because it was my birthday. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> um, 
And I was like so fulfilled, but I feel like I had to sleep for two days after Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. because I was so tired from being around people. Yeah, for sure. But it was good. But like a good tired, you know, Mm -hmm. like you just know when your soul is like filled, but it's like, I just need to take a nap, but Mm -hmm. I'm just going to sleep with like a soft smile on my face. Like that's the vibes. That's the vibes. Amazing. Yes. Okay. So next question. What is something that gives you friendship butterflies? Mm. (laughs) I'm laughing only because I think, so I didn't know that I was bisexual until like later in life. It was something I buried down under. Um, And so I think here in the last several years, I've been having to re like to learn like, oh, sometimes I was having friendship and air quote butterflies that were like, no, no, like I was actually into this person. <laughs> oh, that's like the typical gay experience. Right. A hundred percent. Why do I have oh, this no, really like, intense friendship with this person? Right. It's like, do I want to be them or do I want to be with them? Right. And so it's like yes. the, I used to be like, oh, they're just so cool, you know, whatever. So anyway, what does friendship butterflies look for, look like for me now? Um, I think ease, it just looks like ease for me. Mm-hmm. So if I like meet somebody and it feels like work or like, like energetic work. And oh gosh, just sounds so wild because relationships are work. Right. But if we're just talking about the, the genesis of the friendship and the butterfly, it's going to be ease. It's just going to be that. I don't feel I have to put on. It's going to look like being able to name what I need and that being met with like ease and without Mm -hmm. resistance, friction, and without me having to like over explain myself right like I think that's Mm. where I'm gonna find those like initial friendship butterflies that's so good that's so good yeah I this just makes me think of like I'm on a dating break right now but when I was I've dated a lot when I was (laughs) dating a lot um (laughs) Stacy actually we were talking and she was like do you ever like ask yourself after a date like was that fun was that Mm -hmm. easy like did you have a good time and I was like no I'm like asking myself like what kind of work do I need to put in what kind of things do I need to suss Mm -hmm. out what kind of ways do I need to show up how can I be sure that I'm doing da 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 and it's like it I think also as someone not to speak for you but from my experience as someone with PTSD like it's really hard for me to find ease and pleasure mm-hmm. and joy, mm-hmm. especially with new people. 100%. It's something I have to like really work my way into or let myself relax into. But there are people that I have met. It's been like such an interesting experience moving and rebuilding or building new relationships. Because um, there are people that I've met that I very quickly felt like, oh, like, this is kind of, like, a deep sigh. And, like, I don't know why, but it just feels that way. And then there's some people where I'm, like, having a conversation with you feels like a lot of work. And I don't think that that's, like, anything to do with you. I think it's just, like, there's something that's really not easeful about this. 100%. And what's really wild, too, is, like, meeting a friend sort of online or developing a relationship sort of like cyberly doesn't always translate to ease in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And that is also a wild experience to be like, whoa, like I deeply connect with you and don't know that I want to sit across the dinner table, which is really weird. Yeah, that's true. That's I, I hope people are doing like deep research into the differences between IRL and like cyber friendships, because that's something that's been brought up a lot, like in these conversations, because there are people where it's like a lot, a lot of the substance of our friendship is like responding to each other's Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. And 
that feels substantive. It doesn't feel meaningless. Like we spend so much time online, but there is also the thing of like, I get to edit and censor and really thoughtfully choose my response online where I don't get to do that in person. So it does Mm -hmm. not translate. Right. Or I get to leave your message unread until I'm ready for it. Until I'm ready, until I have the energy for it, until I can engage in it. Whereas when you're in real life with the person, Mm -hmm. we're not just sitting there for three hours in silence waiting to we're ready to respond. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. That would be a really interesting study to see like, yeah. The other thing that gives me butterflies that came up for me as you were talking is also, I think back to my wound of like, everybody's going to hit their limit. It means a lot to me when somebody like initiates connection. Yes. (laughs) So you hit hot girl behavior. It is hot girl behavior. If you initiate, I remember a friend that I made a couple years ago and the first time she like sent me a voice note, like via text. And I was like, oh my, she wants to be my friend. Like she really wants to be my friend. And it just like felt so good. It felt so good. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think hit me with the one, two punch of ease and them initiating. And I am like fully, I am the butterfly. I'm not feeling butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's so real. I have a friend that I've made here who's, they're just so good at initiating like hangout. Like I was, you know how I'd be posting some shit on my Instagram stories and I was posting some <laughs> shit on my Instagram stories about like, I was talking shit about something and they called me and they were like, Hey, um, I was, I was on the internet and I noticed that it seems like maybe you're having a hard day. And I was wondering if you wanted to like, go get a kombucha with me. And I was like, <laughs> yes, I was like, do like you're paying attention, you're seeing me having a hard time, and you're initiating connection with me. Like amazing hot girl behavior. Hot girl behavior. That's it. Mm. So good. It's so good. Okay. So what are some messages you got about what friendship was supposed to be? early on in life from the adults around you, whether that be caregivers, teachers, um, yeah, the adults around you, however they were. Um, I feel the first thing that comes to mind is, um, it was this sort of narrative around true friends meet you on your mountaintop when you're on the mountaintop. And they meet you in your valley when you're in your valley, which oh. at face value seems lovely. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So okay. it seems lovely, but it doesn't leave for, you know, when you're 13, 14, 15, and you don't have a fully formed brain and mm. your world really is solely about you. Right. Which means everybody's world is like only what is happening to them is the most True. important thing. Mm. a 15 year old doesn't know how to meet you on the mountain. If your mountain is something that they want and can't have right. Or, or jealous Mm. of or whatever. And so I felt a lot of tension in friendship because I'd be like, I'm having an amazing time. Why are they not here with me? And Mm. so not until I was an adult, did I realize that like, Hey, that's a, that's a tall order to put on a child. It's even a tall order to put on an adult, right? Yeah. Lovely. If like, oh, I'm getting married and all my single friends who desperately want to be married are just so thrilled for me and like able to be fully on my mountaintop. That's not real. Yeah. Like it doesn't leave space for what their experience is. And I don't want friends that just fully abandon themselves and jump on my mountaintop just because I'm there or fully abandon themselves and jump into my valley because I'm there do you know what I mean yeah no that's so that is so valid and that brings up a lot around like there's this practice in Buddhism called sympathetic joy where you're like Mm. I want to relish in the joy of the people around me and I want their joy to grow and I want to like 
feel joy because of their joy, mm-hmm. but it's a practice for a reason. Cause it's really, really hard to mm-hmm. like have that organically. And it has been really healing for me as somebody who it, it has been really difficult for me <laughs> to like be happy for other people's happiness. Um, I feel like jealousy and like mm-hmm. greed and want is a pretty common mind state for me where I'm like, why does, why do these people have like this thing that I feel like I can't have? Mm-hmm. Um, but there also is like, you're saying like, it isn't reasonable for someone to like get the thing that I want and for me to have to like immediately meet them there, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though like, if I can do that, I think it does feel good. Right. But it's like there there has to be like nuance and understanding that we're both human beings with our own mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if I had learned that as an adult, like we meet our people on their mountains and we meet them in their valleys, like that feels more resonant. But as a child, yeah, it felt really black and white and it didn't leave room for the nuance and complexities of what everybody's going through. Yeah. It also didn't leave room for like, what if your best friend is deeply depressed? Yeah. And they genuinely, they ain't getting on anybody's mountain. Yeah. Right? Like, it doesn't leave room for that of like, and I'm allowed to be sad that my friends might not be able to join me on my mountain, but it doesn't mean that they don't care about what's going on with me. They just might literally not have the capacity to care about much beyond like getting through their day to day. Yeah. So while we're on the subject of capacities and stuff like that, how do you hold yourself accountable to being a good friend, knowing that there's so much like humanity and difference that exists within us? Yeah, it's definitely to go back to the idea of like things being a practice. I mean, I think being a good friend to self and others is a true practice. And so it's hard. I'm one of those people. I love to schedule things and then I love to bail. Don't we all (laughs) like, I love to schedule it. And then it comes and I'm like, I don't have it. I can't do it. And not all like one of the things I've had to do is really hold myself accountable to not always back out to not always back out. And that is so hard because I can always be like, well, I have diminished capacity. Like I worked all day and it's like, no, ma'am, I knew I was going to be working all day when I made this plan. So what are you talking about? You know? And so I really try to like be a little more judicious A in how I make plans and then B Mm -hmm. like hold a little bit of a fire to my ass some days to be like, no, no, you knew B show up in this, you know, and and typically I love, it's like, you know, I love doing the things, but, um, only after the fact, the other thing that holds me accountable and being a good friend is having really good friends Mm. is having friends model what really good friendship looks like. And I think most people probably know what that feels like when, they feel like they're being held in good friendship, you know? And so I'll use you as an example. Um, Yes, I am a chronic bailer, but I have really wanted to do this podcast. And I had a really hard PTSD week last week and Mm -hmm. I had to reach out to you. And I said, you know, can we push either to later in the day or next week? And the way that you showed up in that for me, of Mm -hmm. just being like, I am so sorry. Your body is a hard place to be today. Of course we can reschedule like that was such a gift for me that will go beyond just what happened for me and you that day, but it Mm. will inform how I show up in friendship with Mm. others because you held me so well, you held me so well. And I know I told you that. And I told my therapist and my therapist, I just need you to know too, because we all love a gold star from a therapist, even if it's, oh, we do. And her reaction when I told you or told her that you sent me that message, she was like, closed her eyes, hand on her heart. She was just like, that is true friendship and care. And it is. And so I feel I hold myself accountable by 
by remembering what felt really good for me mm. in the way that other people have held me. Yeah. And I try to offer that to others. I also yeah. often just ask people what would feel good for you. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. I'll be like, Hey, I'm a phone talker and I've called you and haven't left voicemails. Does that stress you out? And if they're like, mm. no, like keep calling because I, I want to talk to you, but I'm never going to pick up the phone and call you. Then I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do that. So I also let people give me the cheat codes for how to be yeah. in relationship with them. Like, yeah, I don't have to like reinvent the wheel, you know? That's so real. That's so valid. And you know, it, it feels so good to hear you give that feedback because truthfully, like I gave you that communication as a result of having received that from another friend, like having been received in not a rejection of having a hard time, not a frustration with needing to reschedule, but like that fucking sucks. And like, I know what that feels like. And I want to like, do what I can to make this right for you. Like, it does feel like hand on the heart, like, ugh. (sighs) Yes. Because when it's a heart, when your body is a hard place to be, which we all know what that feels like. Some of Mm -hmm. us in different degrees than others, but like, it feels so awful to share that with people. I think Mm -hmm. to like, let Mm -hmm. people know it's so scary and vulnerable because you already feel so scared and vulnerable. Right. Stacy does that really well. She does, doesn't she? She does it really fucking. She's taught me so much about how to like lovingly receive people and how to lovingly support them and how to just like show up and set boundaries. Like, yeah. And how to like lovingly meet people where they're at. Right. Which yeah. I mean, this is all bringing me back to like the mountaintop and valley thing, because it's like, let's say it was Stacy having like the best day of her life. But if I'm in a full PTSD, right. episode, I also know she's not expecting me to meet her there. Like she no. is only expecting me to like honor me so that I can honor the relationship. Right. Like it's so, oh God, she's been a good teacher. She's a boundary queen. She's oh my a God. compassion queen. She is. I've learned a lot from her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She even did this thing. I was talking to her, we Marco Polo a lot. And I was talking to her a couple days ago and she was like, I have loose, fr- I had loose plans with my friend to get lunch. We decided like, if we were both hungry at the same time, we would eat together. And I was like, that is so smart because I can't tell you how many times I like plan food with other people and then our like clocks don't meet right and it's like can we just acknowledge that our clocks may not meet 100% oh my gosh yeah she's she's a good one she really is a good one and I also just love that someone offered that space to you in friendship the PTSD space you offered it to me and then I already know I'm going to offer it to others and just how like just the ripple effect of showing up in health and connection, whether it's in friendship or whatever. I mean, friendships in every relationship, really, let's be honest. Um, It's a component. So yeah, it's wild. I love that. It really does inspire you to think about what could be possible in this world if we showed up with more love and compassion with ourselves and each other. Hundred freaking percent, hundred percent. It's wild. I just think like I really feel we're not that far away from like seismic shifts in mm. like you know how you hear people say like the paradigm shift or whatever. Like yeah. I'm like maybe it's just because I surround myself with people like you, like Stacy, like Tunes, like where it just feels like we're so close to it, but I think we are, we're so close. We're so close. Well, I mean, it, it happens through practice, right? It happens Mm -hmm. through like learning how to do it, making it so, and then it ripples out, like you said, so it's already happening. It is. Yes. I have something. Cause when we were talking about like our butterflies, right. And, or my butterflies, but also you resonated with some of them. I was thinking about what motivates me to initiate with a new friend yeah and I'm not fully sure but I remember 
with you, I had a specific moment of trying to like, not even trying to, it just sort of happened, like bridging a connection. You had been drinking Olipop, I think is what it's called. Yes. Yes. And they had just launched like a great flavor. And you mentioned at the fire, like that you hadn't been able to get it. Yeah. So you said, I get it at turnip truck and I drive by turnip truck all the time. And so I like intentionally stopped by there. Oh, just to look for grape Olipop for you. And then I think, I don't even remember if I got you one or mailed it or sent it. I don't know, but I just remember thinking about grape Olipop and texting you about it and being like, I found it or whatever. And I'm like, it's so interesting. Like, why did I go look for the grape Olipop for you? I mean, I imagine, I mean, I'm not going to speak for you, but when I'm, when I am, when I feel compelled to meet new people in that way and like go out of my way to do something for them I I feel like it it is a way to be like hey I I want to care about you more like how do you receive care because like I want you to know that I have care to give yeah for me at least because that's been something when I've moved here like I've done that similar thing a couple times where I'm like there's a new person and they mentioned this thing and I like want to do that for them Mm -hmm. to see I think it's also a really good way to gauge like are you on the same page yeah yeah it's like testing the waters um but it's interesting because I'm like I love receiving the initiation I think I'm just like wondering what has me like initiate with some people and wait for the initiation from others Mm. you know I don't know it's just something yeah. interesting to like think about. And like, maybe it's, I, I genuinely don't know. I feel like for me, I know when I'm waiting for an initiation from someone else, it's usually because I don't feel good enough or like I've put mm-hmm. them on a pedestal mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't handle the rejection from this person because I think they're cooler than me or better than me. So I'm just going to (laughs) wait. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so true. I'm like kind of making a newish friend right now. And like, she, we had like made our initial text connect, you know, Mm -hmm. and then like nothing really happened. And then I like sent a little one out and it was, I couldn't tell like, Oh my God. And I was so just like, and I see this person once a week in person for something we do together. And I was like, oh my God, no, she's not feeling it. She's not feeling it. And then like a week or so later, she texted me something out of the blue and I was like, okay, okay, she is. And I think this person is so cool. Like Mm -hmm. an art therapist, just so like easy, breezy, vibey. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like she's the coolest. So I think, that but I also think you're really cool do you know what I mean like but there's I think there's a difference in like unattainable coolness and like and like familiar cool warm yeah not to say because I'm sure some people would see me as unattainable coolness like it just depends on like how our energies meet yeah but I know like if I'm feeling that with somebody it gives me it gives me a good chance to pause because I'm like these feelings are not a good way to like engage a new person where I've already decided that they're better than me. So like, is that about this person? Is that about me? Is that about us both? Like I need to be like really mindful of that because that's not the energy I want to bring in. And sometimes it's just my projection, but sometimes it's also like, I don't think we're a good fit. Mm -hmm. Because even if it is just my projection, I know that I have the capacity to not experience that with other people. Yeah. So like, why do I want that so bad? If I know that's going to make me feel like shit. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's, that's so true. Cause like it often is just a projection. Right. But I love that of like, but it isn't that way with everyone. So why pursue it with somebody that it is already so (laughs) pleasant? That is crossover from dating. I'm, (laughs) that's why I'm on a break. Cause I'm trying to learn the lesson of like, I know it's possible to experience not being an anxious fucking mess Mm. in my relationships. Yeah. I know it's possible. I have that lived experience. Why do I feel like I have to chase it 
in a romantic context. Yeah. Like there are people I feel easeful around. Mm-hmm. There are people I feel like this concept of like right-sizedness, like you're not bigger than me. You're not smaller than me. Like we are right-sized. Mm-hmm. But the but having a hard time finding that in. So hard. Romantic partnerships. Yeah. Wild. Okay. I think you had another question. Maybe it's the final question. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's the final question and then we'll wrap up. Um, So what would you like to see more of in your friendships and what would you like to see less of in your friendships? I think I would just like genuinely like to see my friends more. (laughs) Yeah. Like I have two dear friends that live in LA. Like I've been feeling like, oh my gosh, I need, I like want to go see them. Right. And then Mm -hmm. I have friends I was supposed to see in Colorado last week and the vid happened. And so it's like, I really just want like more of my friends. (laughs) So yeah, I think like more, just more. I miss my friends when I don't get to see them. I miss my friends and I don't get to chat with them. So I would say like, just always kind of want more of my my people because I think yeah. I have really lovely amazing people um what do I want less of I would say this is less for me you know you're talking about how your anxious stuff comes up in romantic relationships um it comes up in every single fucking relationship for me and even yeah. with like my soulmate sister of 10 years here I still get anxious about my place in her life I'm like currently working through this in therapy around this narrative of like going back to like everyone's going to hit their limit with me and it's even with my dearest truest most connected relationships and I want less of that for me I think I deserve less of that you do I think it's possible I used to be really anxiously attached in my marriage and Mm. we went to many, many couples therapists and we really did rewrite the narratives of our relationship. And I do not feel anxiously attached in my marriage at all, which I think is a huge, huge, phenomenal deal. Um, And so I know it's not only possible for others, it's possible for me. And I want that in my friendships. I want less anxiety that they're going to leave me. Yeah. Oh, you do deserve that. Mm. One of my friends, when I asked that question said, uh, I want my friends to feel, I want my friends to, to feel less like they have to like edit themselves around me Mm. or to like show up in all these insecurities that they can just like show up and that I'm willing to love them that way. So I'm just, just commute I'm bringing that back to you yes. so you know that other people want that for you too mm, I love that and I'm so lucky when I do express it and I do like I'm feeling insecure like Good. I still have to think through what I'm saying to you or I'm worried that if I don't help you well enough in this that like it's not going to be good and and my best friend just always says to me like you know one day you will be so securely attached you're going to be like a little koala And I just like, and she's like, I will remind you how much I love you, how much I want to be in this friendship with you as long as you need me to. And then she also says to me, like, and I don't think I'm going to always have to remind you, like, we're Mm going to, you're going to get there one day. And it's like, wow. Right. I'm going to cry. I mean, that is beautiful no she's incredible she's a great friend she is just a phenomenal friend I've learned so much about being a good friend from my sweet dear tunes wow yeah that gives me so much hope that gives me so much hope like we all deserve to be loved like that exactly where we are 100% and have a good time along the way yes and have a and also have fun Yes. And have so much fun. Like, that's the thing. Like I, I would say more fun too in friendship. I'm, I'm just always oh. looking for more fun, more joy, like, like the inner child soul on fire. That's all I want. Yes. Um, so you've already done this a number of times, but I'm going to give you like some space that our closeout question is, I'd love to hear you give a shout out to a friend in your life, someone who has done something that has made you feel loved, special, wonderful. You've already given so many, Mm. Um, but one more 
shout it out if you got one. Yes. My final shout out will go to my literal day one best friend. I have not known life without this person. Her name is Emmeline and she is just the tenderest, kindest person. I have learned so much from her. I learned from her in high school that it's not cool to talk bad about people that like, what if we just didn't do that? Uh. Just like, holy moly. And in my last real bout of anxious attachment and friendship, she was in the car with me a few weeks ago. And I was like, you know, I just feel like I have this limit with everybody. And she said, well, just make sure you tell your therapist that you have one friend that's been here for 31 years and doesn't plan on going anywhere. And I was like, wow, like, wow. So she is just like the day one queen. She comes in with just the softest, tenderest compassion and just holds me so well in it. And I just, Mm. I love her dearly. You have a lot of love in your life. I, and that is so true. And it makes it wildly frustrating that I'm still sitting here like, but I'm an anxious queen. I don't believe it's supposed to be with me. Cause like, I am so aware on my, like when I'm in my full body and in my full self, I am so aware. Like I have an abundance of beautiful relationship in my life and love. Yeah. And I just want to affirm any other anxious queens out there that like, it's okay if you forget that because I forget it too. And so, you know, when we can, we come home to it as our truth. We're going to run away from that every now and again, but we have those people that get to bring us back home, which is just, that's what it's about. I think that's good friendship. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) The podcast is over. The end. (laughs)